Shalom, Shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. Today we are in 1 Samuel chapter 11, and we're reading from the New King James Version Bible. You can find that on Blue Letter Bible, Bible Hub, all sorts of apps for free if you don't own a Bible. I have had some of you reach out if you needed Bibles, so if you don't have a Bible, always reach out. Find me at Melissa Shillane Smith and God's Little Hummingbird on Facebook. And I pray, Father God, opens our eyes, ears, and heart to his truth and his truth alone. Verse 1. Then Nechash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Yabesh Gilead, and all the men of Yabesh said to Nechash, Make a covenant with us and we will serve you. I want to point out the na- the word Nachash there means serpent. Now I sometimes find it hard to believe that the actual person's name by his parents was named Serpent. Okay, and okay, I could be incorrect, but I think there. And I've heard there's been a there's a Israelite tradition where if somebody was a very horrible person, they would literally change the birth name that they had been given to a more fitting, appropriate disgusting, vile Hebrew word. (laughs) So that could have been the case here, but perhaps this man's parents named him serpent, (laughs) Nachash. Verse two, and Nachash the Ammonite answered them, on this condition, I will make a covenant with you that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach on all Israel. So basically he's saying, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm not making a covenant with you. Um, And so in the Middle East, in Hebrew tradition, your right eye if you have a, a dark eye, and it's usually your right one they talk about, you're greedy. Um, and so he's making, to me, it seems a very direct attack against that. Like, I'll put out your greedy eyes and bring reproach all against Israel. So he's insulting them and, and falsely accusing them and or maybe not falsely. Who knows? Maybe they were greedy. But he's he's definitely saying, no way. <laughs> nope. Not today. Verse 3. Then the elders of Yavish said to him, hold off for seven days that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel. And then if there is no one to save us, we will come out to you. Like, okay. (laughs) If Satan, which like, obviously he's the serpent also, right? The adversary. If he tells you to do something and you don't get help from God in seven days, be like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and just refuse his and be willing to die in the fire if need be do not do not consent nor give in okay i think though what we need to look at in our own lives this is how i what yahweh always uses scripture with me is it's alive and active take this now and say wow father yahweh is there any place in my life any area in which you're trying to to move and if i don't get my answer within a certain amount of time I just give up? Do I just do I just give in to Satan? Do I just submit to the enemy because you didn't answer in my time? And we have one very prominent story where that happened. That was Avraham and Sarah. They didn't see the promise. She hadn't gotten pregnant. So she gave him her maidservant and it caused all sorts of problems to this day. So in your reflective journal, if you're doing that today, I want you to really pray about this. I do everything. <laughs> everything I speak, I'm literally pointing a finger at myself first. Somebody 
mentioned the other day on Facebook something about having a mirror. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I do. I usually only post things after Yahweh has been working on me with it. Because, and not everything am I doing, but um, I always, I always, always take it to me first. Because, uh, yeah, that's the only way we grow and learn. So with this, let's take it to where are we not waiting on Yahweh? Have we gotten impatient in an area? Have we said, fine, I'll give up. I'll just, I'll just do it. Um, can I interject a little story? Feel free to fast forward if you don't want to hear it. But so my husband and I had come to Torah in the beginning of 2002. And when we moved to Florida, Yahweh sent us to Florida to help my sister. Uh, my husband could not get a job and he's never not had a job, but it was every single person denied him because he would not work on Sabbath from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. And he comes home after about two months <laughs> and he's like, he's like, man, I'm just going to have to work on Saturday. And I heard Yahweh say some words. And so I told him what he said. And I said, Yahweh will test you and push you to your limits, but he will never make you sin. He will never make you sin. There's never an okay time to sin, but he might test your faith and how far you'll be willing to go. And of course it didn't go really well. And doors he slammed the door on me and went in his room and huffed off. And I just prayed. I said, Father God, just show us your truth. Please don't let us ever compromise your ways. Help us to honor you. He comes back out a couple hours later. And he said, you know, you're right. He goes, I can't compromise because of fear. I can't compromise because it just didn't happen in my time. And so he submitted, kept applying for jobs, kept trying to find work. And um, within two weeks, at that point in our life, he had the best paying jobs of his life. Never had to work a Sabbath. Nobody ever has to do anything anyway. It's always a choice, but you know what I'm saying. That job didn't require a Sabbath. Praise Yahweh. So just hold strong. Okay, let me keep going. So the messengers came to Yabesh of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. Now there was Saul coming from, okay, so remember Saul had just become anoint, been anointed, okay. So now there was Saul coming behind the herd from the field. And Shaul said, it's actually Shaul, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Yabesh. Then the spirit of Elohim came upon Shaul. Now remember the new God had given him his spirit, a new spirit had come upon him, and he gave him a new heart. Okay, so then the spirit of Elohim came upon Shaul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. So I have to believe this anger was a righteous anger from Yahweh's spirit. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Shaul and Shemuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of Yahweh fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. I want to point out, do you remember the one other time that we just read about a few, um, well, in um, Judges? Do you remember when, when else this happened? Remember the Levite whose concubine was ravaged to death? He cut her in pieces so that all of the men would assemble from Israel so they could go against the men of Benjamin. So these are the two places in the Bible where we see something cut into 12 pieces. Interesting. Um, he literally, I think, called her his heifer. No, that was a different. Sorry, I started. I was going to say he called his concubine his heifer, but I believe that was just Samson um, who did that with his his person. Anyway, um, I don't. 
this is a particularly gruesome thing. Like if you get sent a 12th of a woman or a 12th of an ox, um, it's bloody and gory. And by the time it gets to you, it may have maggots. Ugh. You know what I mean? But it was to incite fear. I, I can't imagine any other purpose for this because typically I don't think he would have um, just cut up something randomly, especially a person like we read about in the book of Judges. But it seems to me that it was to make this very obvious that this is very in, um, very urgent, very necessary, and he wanted the fear of God in them. Verse 8, when he numbered them as Bezek, the children of Israel were 300,000, and the men of Yehuda, Judah, 30,000. And they said to the messengers who came, thus you shall say to the men of Yavesh Gilead, tomorrow, oh, by the way, Yavesh is dry, and Gilead is rocky area. Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Then the messengers came and reported to the men of Yavesh, and they were glad. <laughs> yeah, I would be glad too. <laughs> People are coming to help. Therefore, the men of Yavesh said, Tomorrow we will come out to you, and you may do with us whatever seems good to you. So they didn't tell them help was coming. They acted like they're going to submit. So it was on the next day that Shaul put the people in three companies and they came into the midst of the camp in the morning watch and killed Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it happened that those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. I want to point out something. In Hebrew, Hebrew is a very circular language, not linear like Greek. So Greeks like are saying like if you had, nope, you said none, no two of them were left together. They think like, that means like everything. When But like, okay, for example... Paul says, all things are lawful for me. See, he's a Hebrew, right? Uh, in the New Testament, he, he's not saying like all things are lawful. He's not saying it's lawful to murder. <laughs> like, it's an idiom. And Hebrew is a very poetic language and a very circular language. It's a more um, fluid language. So when he's saying no two of them were left together, don't take it literal like a Greek mind. It's not actually saying like nobody. It's a, it's a way of exaggerative speaking. Remember how the Messiah, everything he speaks is in parables and everything is kind of like over the top. If you don't hate your mother and brother, you're not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Do you really think he's telling you to hate them? No. If you do not pluck out, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He is not telling you to cut off your hand. It's a figure of speech. It's, it's like cutting the 12 oxen and sending them away. It's like, it's a way to put, instill fear in you in a poetic, linguistic manner. So I hope that makes sense. So it doesn't mean actually physically no two of them were left together. There could have been at some point two or three of them together, but I was saying in, in general, in the, to the most part of it, they were scattered. Very, they were sparsely. It's a way of saying they were really much, they were defeated and scattered. Verse 12. Then the people said to Shemuel, Who is he who said, Saul shall reign over shall, shall. <laughs> Say that fast five times. Shall Saul reign over us? Bring them in that they may be put to death. So the people were here. They saw Saul had delivered them. They're excited. They're invigorated. Let's put those people to death who were against Saul. But Shaul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day, for today Yahweh has accomplished salvation in Israel. He's like, No, you don't need to go kill these people against me. Yahweh definitely showed that he was with me. He, he did a great victory. This is when Saul was still humble. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Shaul king before Yahweh in Gilgal. There they made sacrifices, I'm sorry, they made sacrifices of peace offerings before Yahweh, and there Shaul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. Now I do have to say, notice, um, it's like a, this is kind of like what the new covenant is. <laughs> do you know that Saul was already an ordained king? Okay, so he was already anointed king. And here it's like, let's go and renew the kingdom there. 
That word there is the same. Okay, so I want to point out something. That word there for renew is the word chadosh. And it is the exact same word in Jeremiah where it talks about the new covenant. It's the renewed covenant. In fact, let me just double check that as we're talking. It's Jeremiah 31 if you'd like to follow with me. And we go over here to the new covenant. I just want to double check myself because I don't want to tell you <laughs> something bad. Here we go. Yeah, so here we go. In 3131, um, behold, the days will come that I will make with you the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Yes, a covenant new. Yes, it's the same exact word, chadosh, chadash. So I had somebody recently, <laughs> like, say, in the Greek, it's new. The word new, not renewed. It's like, well, right. But they are quoting from Jeremiah 31. It's a direct quote from Jeremiah 31. So Hebrews chapters 8 and Hebrews chapter 10 quotes directly, directly from Jeremiah 31. And it is Strong's number 2319. It is the word chadash, chadash, which only means renewed. Because in Hebrew, it is circular. The writers in the New Testament, it was translated into Greek. And what I have been taught and studied for 20-some years, it shows that the original manuscripts were they were burned if they contained the name Yeshua with the name of the Father, Yahweh. And so um, by Judaism Jews who rejected the Messiah. And so, of course, it was translated into Greek as well because after the Greek army had ruled that region, that was a very prominent language, and, and the Gentile world, world often spoke Greek. Um, and so they're writing it and translating it into those languages. But believe me, those men spoke Hebrew. They passed the Torah scroll every week. The, Hebrew, the Torah scroll was written in Hebrew. And so if you go and look at the Greek Septuagint, that would be your biggest key. And in fact, if you go to Blue Letter Bible now, typically they have a Greek Septuagint. Let me see if it's in here. Um, let me see. If you go to verse 31, 31, you look down below. Yes, it has the Greek Septuagint right there. And you will see that the word translated. Um, okay, like I don't really speak Greek, I can read Greek, but only in my mind, like, and I understand, like, I look through this a lot, but I'm going to just show you a little, so I'm, let's look together, so if we look at the word right here, the last two words here in the Greek Septuagint, um, <laughs> don't ask me to pronounce it until I get over to the other part, there are two words that I can see here, and I know some of the letters, but like, um, we're going to go over now to Hebrews chapter 8. This is how I work. I'm just trying to teach you right now. Feel free to stop this if I'm boring you. Um, but so what I do to make sure I know that this word is in the New Testament, what they're talking about, I look at these words that are in the equivalent location um, grammatically. And then, of course, if sometimes the grammatical structure of each language changes, because if you've studied linguistics, you'll know that sometimes people put the subject first and then the verb some language some cultures put the verb first and then the language um the noun it it just depends but in this case i'm going to look at the last two sometimes four words we're going to go back over here now um so to me it looks like and i just remember that i'm sorry and then i go over here and i go to the book of hebrews this is why you have to read your bible a lot though so you don't have to even think about it like i didn't plan this beforehand you know me I don't ever play in anything. I just go wing it. Okay, so now we're going to look at verse 8. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8. Oh, isn't that interesting? Did you notice that? It was Jeremiah 31, 31. Now it's Hebrews 8, 8. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, um, and we look at the house of Israel, and we look at the word for new. Yes, it's the exact. It's, it's that same. It's the... <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. 
So it looks like a K-A-I-V-N-V, K-A-I-V-N-V. Again, we go back to Jeremiah 31. You look down in that, um, like I said, click on, let me walk you through this in case you don't know. So you click on Blue Letter Bible, go to Jeremiah, click on the chapter 31, click on the verse 31. This is because I get a lot of these questions. Like I've had a lot of people ask me how do we do, then you click on interlinear. And then if you go down to right below it, you will see it's the exact same word. You guys, this is amazing. So um, I love you. This is why the Bible, God is so cool. I love his word. I don't read any other books unless it's a gardening or harmony book. <laughs> this is what I like. Well, I do read Hebrew books, but okay, I love you. Have a blessed day.